Where was this? Hmm, maybe three or four miles south of the town? John's homestead's to the northeast. Did you see it last night too? We did. Maybe we can tell you about it this evening in the pub. I look forward to it. It's your round! Hello and welcome to the LARP Noobs. Uh, I'm Ian and today I'm joined by a very special guest, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself. Uh, hi, my name is Claire Sheridan uh, and I currently play in the Nation of Urizen. And uh, I was saying to Claire actually just before we started the episode that Urizen is one of those nations, as people who probably listen to the podcast over a while will know, um, that's very close to my heart. Um, my character Talis has a fair bit of uh, a sort of interaction with Urizen and his fruits initially for his backstory and then kind of moving into sort of play so it's kind of been one of those nations i've constantly been kind of bumping on the fringes of this is quite an exciting one for me to actually kind of dig into some of your thoughts about urizen as someone who's much more established there and can correct all of my all, all, all my sort of misinterpretation <laughs> of everything that i've actually been doing um so um would you mind kind of like, I guess, briefly describing your character and your position within Urizen? What kind of role you play, roughly? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so my character is called uh, Nicassia of Phoenix Reach. Uh, she's a battle mage and a sentinel. And at the moment, she's the serving general of the Army of the Citadel. Yeah. And by someone of my lowly standards, you, you are a, a, a bigwig uh, position. <laughs> uh, and I think it's yeah. actually fair to say <laughs> a fairly uh, prominent figure within the empire in general you're certainly a, a known character to talis put it that way and i was saying to you before we started actually that it, i've kind of spoken to you once or twice and that was like a a, a big moment for me but I, for you it's probably like a dime a dozen you must have loads of people who are constantly um kind of coming to you and sort of seeking insight and so on so it it, it must be quite an interesting position to play one of those kind of characters who essentially is more of a node of of game for for so many other people uh, yeah it's it is really great um you know there's an amount of responsibility that yeah. i feel comes with it to make sure that said game is being spread around you know and to give time to people when they do they do come to say things to you you know and, and give you the information or um you know, they want to tell you this thing that you absolutely have to know right this moment but yeah i get to meet loads of people through it which is really great you were fantastically generous with me because I came over and uh, bear in mind it was one of these sort of situations where I told you a piece of information that was like kind of hearsay from the field. And I, I was like, oh, I I'm not sure if you're aware of this particular situation, which you were obviously very well aware of. <laughs> and uh, you were like, oh, well, you know, here's something else that sort of plays off that that you can then sort of take away. And that was actually really cool. So for me, it was quite quite a big moment. So I can kind of thank you for that. But I think we should probably dig into the nuts and bolts a little bit of Urizen and I guess what Urizen is within the Empire. I mean, if you kind of had to describe, I guess, Urizen broadly to somebody who maybe doesn't even play Empire, how would you kind of go about that? Yeah, it was really interesting to think about this because like kind of jokingly, I think we often get referred to as uh, the pastel wizard elves. But funny enough, I was asking my nation a bit about costume ahead of this and we realized that not many of us wear pastels these days and the thing is we you know definitely elf inspired mm. you know we, we like to live in our our tall spires and citadels and temples and 
you know, we like our space. Uh, we like to be able to think about things, learn, contemplate, you know, better ourselves. For the good of the empire, of course. <laughs> of course. We do have wonderful flowing costume uh, yeah. that just, you know, is a delight. Um, and, you know, we're definitely one of those nations if you want to wear fantasy kind of costumes come our way um because we get to wear some lovely lovely things uh we can come across as quite cold to people from other nations but actually within Arizona we are a tight-knit bunch uh and for as many as any there are that specialize in magic you've got plenty of others with other interests you know you've got your sentinels and your fighting classes you've got Mm. people who are there as artists you know and there to perfect their art um on the field as well yeah, I think that is one of the interesting things about nation briefs in general because uh, they're fantastic and and the website's really useful. But I I think um, those kind of stereotypes of nations. So for for example, a lot of t- times people think that of Navarre as maybe a, a wood elf inspired kind of nation, which there is certainly an element, a, a touch of that. But yeah. it's not like that is you know there is a plethora of different sort of identities and pursuits within the nation and it's exactly the same for for Arizona and all these other nations and that's not to say that they that the identity is lost within that it's just to say that you can you can go into those nations and play in many different ways and explore so many yes. different avenues of game and you're not restricted overly by the briefs the brief is um well I'm not sure how you feel about it but I feel the, the briefs are more of like a, a guiding hand rather than like a, a forceful push towards any particular kind of thing and you can really kind of explore a character archetype in and w- without feeling overly restricted you know what, what i mean yeah i think you've definitely got to kind of you know go with the brief in you know in a lot of ways and if there's like a certain mm. way that you want to kind of push against or challenge it i would say to go for like an aspect mm. you know because if you come in and you're too out there if you like yeah. then you know that isn't going to work but um you know there are plenty of ways in which people have come in and said you know oh actually you know this bit of the brief uh so what springs to mind is that we are at the moment i know this is under discussion um but at the moment only uh, those with ritual law can vote mm. and so that's kind of resulted in a, a sort of majorly upper class if you like or political class uh and there are some who don't have ritual law mostly sentinels who uh, you know have who've pushed back against that and said, well, you know, we fight for this nation. I think we've got as much right to have a say who our senators are um, yeah. as as the ritualists do. So like that to push against. Like there are natural kind of countercultures that will kind of develop. I think within any kind of group. What am I trying to say? It's it's not like basically like that. There is no purpose for for that move that those players are making for example that they can they can pursue that in a way which is actually kind of beneficial to the game and it's born of the game uh yeah and and for example that that situation that you're describing there it, it sounds like a very kind of born of the game kind of situation and it's and, it, and, it, and it's a kind of a logical step uh you know and it, and it shows that the, that things aren't just locked into kind of a rigidity that is unmoved by the players because of course we're all there to have some form of agency um yeah absolutely so i think also the other thing is when you were talking about the idea of all the different aspects and how urizen can be seen as a little bit cold maybe to players from the outside i think there's again just like the the wood elf stereotype or any of these kind of things that you can have with navarre 
like uh, I, I actually spend a fair bit of time in Phoenix Reach at the end of, of one or or both nights, uh, enjoying uh, the sort of the songs and the and the stories that you tell there. It's kind of I, I kind of go back and, and call it a Zen party time, really. Yeah, pretty um, much. <laughs> I guess it's turned into a part of uh, within our striding, a part of game that's quite kind of valuable to to me. Like it feel it like because I'm able to kind of go there and it's sort of recount these kind of stories oh i had a great time in errors and you know and 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 stuff but it's like i think people wouldn't maybe necessarily expect it to be that way but it's just because of maybe slightly how the the brief might seem from from very sort of distant perspective but of course when you actually go and you you know everyone's a, a human being having loads of fun and like the, the the songs and the stories and and just the interactions it's so lively and it, yeah we're, we're, yeah, no, it's, that's great. And it's great you've come in and spent some time there. It's kind of come from like two two areas, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we first came up with our group concept, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of looked at the brief. You know, we've uh, Phoenix Reach has been there since event one. Um, right. And I've been playing the Cassie since event one. Um, you know, and we took a look and we thought, well, we don't want to be a big ritual group. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we quite like the Sentinel brief. Uh, so what if, you know, what if we were a group who were specialised in in martial uh, aspects, and you know we came in with mostly sentinels. Um, helped that I had some very grown up people in my group. Um, you know, we sort of a few of them got together to get our very large tent, uh, which is always <laughs> useful if you're going to have a big social space. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so we had that, uh, and then also um, when Empire started, each nation had a national bard, um, mm. and I was. I was the National Bard of Urizen when it first started. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, but then we also had uh, like other players like Dave Lowry, who's very handy with a guitar. Mm. Um, so, you know, between us, we wrote a whole bunch of songs. Um, and we kind of got that, you know, that fight hard, play hard kind of mentality going. So, you know, Phoenix Reach will be a place where, you know, we do, we relax and we have a good time in the evening because mm. we spent the whole day on politics and fighting and all the rest of it. Um, it's kind of it's one of those things like I like um I almost kind of want to keep it slightly to myself because it's like, like it really is something that I enjoy a lot going to Urizen <laughs> and kind of you know being being among Urizen as like an outsider and like I've got my kind of friends I'm, I'm at, uh, like Lanius and people like that who I kind of like uh-huh. uh, uh, sort of circle around and so that the, the fact that I'm kind of in the tent with this kind of really cool interaction is and and the songs are amazing as well and the whole atmosphere is is it has this while songs and stories is very special obviously to me as yeah, an Avari it's is wonderful. The, the there's a different type of feeling I think within what I kind of dub her as in party time which is like it, it gives me a very um it's, it it feels warm is the is the kind of way i kind of feel about it because i kind of go there and and unlike say songs and stories where everything is focused on the inside of the of the circle if you like there are people kind of having conversations and there are people enjoying the songs and 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 you know what i mean it's it feels like a very warm sort of homely environment for for, for me as an outsider stepping in into it and it's somewhere really nice for me to kind of go and relax and i've really enjoyed it i really value it as a space and i'd encourage i guess like i wouldn't want to kind of just say oh yeah everybody should come and like crash in on what you guys are are doing but i I think it's like one of those real special things that i found within the game that i think maybe people wouldn't necessarily kind of 
uh, know is there, or I didn't know it was it was a thing that, until I kind of stepped into the tent, and it was like, wow, it's super yeah. bright, and you guys do a wonderful job decorating the tent as well. Yeah, I will definitely pass it on to my group. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Like I have a cracking time. I remember we um, there was this um, this is a bit of a, a sort of a personal anecdote, but there was like this. Uh, I think it was some trod mead or something that was or, okay. or rice wine or something that was getting passed around, and it was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was one of those things <laughs> that, like, everyone's like, "Oh, this is not a very nice drink." And, but it, it kind of came around to me, and I was like, "Oh, it's not so bad." And they're like, "Oh, give it to the Navarre you're drinking." <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm not that type of person. <laughs> but it was like, um, yeah, it, it was it was kind of cool. It kind of, but like, it made me sort of feel like really like warmly accepted into it all and every you know people would kind of come up to me and talk to me about kind of you know oh you know because they they could say oh you know you're in navarre tell me about some you know your your nation and stuff and and it was yeah it's a really lovely environment to be part of and i'm very pleased to have had the opportunities to kind of go and interact in there so yeah i really value it and thank you for putting that together as a space that's great it's just great people enjoy it and it is somewhere for people to come together and exchange stories and ideas and as you say there are all sorts of conversations going in on in there of an evening you know as you say you'll have singing going over on the one side and then you'll have the serious military conversation happening over on the other side and a political one in the corner and you know and it's you know it's it is really good I you know I'm, I feel very lucky to to have that group and and that space to enjoy as well yeah and I think there is because I mean Again, like I, I've, I, I very much value songs and stories, but there is there's a slightly more sort of um, structured element to that where it is it it feels more like a, a theatre or something like that, an open air kind of theatre um, where the performance is the key thing. But I've been in inside the the Phoenix Reach tent, and and someone's actually come in with some actual relevant information for the game that they kind of announced to everybody in in the middle. I can't remember what it was at the time, but it's if it's a living environment, you know what I mean? It's part of of the game as well as a performance space, yeah. uh, and that makes it feel very very alive. It has this kind of bubbling kind of nature, which is very kind of warm and welcoming, but at the same time, like very firmly part of the game, part of the dynamic nature of the game. So yeah, I, I sort of, it, it's a it's a, a different and very welcome kind of part of the, the game that I certainly enjoy as a player stepping into it. Um, Brilliant. So you, you've obviously been in since uh, E1. I guess what made you pick Urizen, uh, particularly when you kind of got those those briefs the various different options open to you was there something that particularly jumped out at you and made you say that yeah Arizona's the nation that I want to be part of yeah I've been trying to remember what we were you know talking about uh, at the time I think part of it um I don't know where we got this idea from but I think we kind of knew it was going to be a bit smaller but I think because mm. we knew that you know, the main draw for Urizen was going to be people who wanted to be these great ritualists, mm. um, you know, great covens doing these great big magical rituals. Um, and I think we thought, well, if we go and play a military group there, then actually we're going to have a little bit more impact, um, mm. you know, rather than going to, say, Dawn. I think we were discussing the league at one point. Um, but yeah, you know, just it was a way to stand out and we did you know we liked the brief uh we liked the idea the ideas of poise narrate um and those bits as well but yeah I think I think that was a lot of it was the um I think as well we felt the costume was quite achievable mm-hmm. um whereas you know 
think places like League and Dawn, I know you can absolutely do like, um, you know, shoestring um, yeah. kit and things like that. And do some amazing things with very small budgets. But, you know, we had, you know, we had a couple of costume makers in the group as well. And they were quite into the, you know, the idea of the robes. Um, and we knew, you know, sort of to get under layers and start layers would be quite straightforward. And I think the designs of the, like, the elvish armour appealed as well. I'm thinking of, like, you know, group members like Osh um, and and Paul yeah. and Jane. And just, they've got these amazing, um, amazing pieces of armour from various places. I think because it has those kind of uh, very distinct kind of fantasy draws uh, on the aesthetic, it is a very striking nation. Mm. And, and it, it, it's, it's definitely visually arresting as, you know, you, you're aware of when you're in and around Urizen and and the and I think you're right in saying that like actually the uh, the the kit you know you you can you can kind of do it a bit more cheaply and you have the range to to go really extensive on I mean some people's kit in Urizen is breathtaking yeah. um, I mean really incredible and I think and and again you're right you can do some other nations that way too but it's I think you can achieve a sort of a, an aesthetic with with Urizen maybe in a way that doesn't feel so prohibitively so so prohibitive to someone sort of stepping in for the first time maybe uh, and and again that's not saying that that's not possible with all nations I'm, I'm sure it is but you might have to sort of look around a bit more I mean I guess yeah. that does lead fairly naturally into I mean do, do you have any sort of tips for people looking to kind of achieve the Eurozone kind of aesthetic? Yeah, sure. Like I did. I asked uh, asked my nation uh, yesterday as well and said, you know, what are your tips for people coming in with, you know, with starter sort of costume? Um, I know a lot of us sort of went for like uh, kurtas and uh, sort of like, you know, either Indian or Islamic mm. uh, style. And those are really good. Like I've, I live in Manchester. So, you know, I've got a couple of bits from shops on Curry Mile before yeah, sure. uh, to go into my kit. Um, those are good. You've got the, like the high collar. Um, you know, you can get things with a nice little bit of embroidery on, but not much. Mm. Um, and saying about things like because we can we layer a lot of the mm. point with Arisen is the layering. So um, you know, even using a thing like a maxi dress for for your underlayer would mean that you've got a lovely full skirt. And then you can put something right. with sleeves on over the top, and you know, already you've got something quite floaty. Um, I've had recommendations for even just for like tea tunic patterns and then leave your sleeves like with slashes in them to give them a bit more movement. Uh, dressing gown patterns as well uh, yeah. work quite well. Um, and sashes. Sashes are one of the best ways of just make bringing together an Arizani look. If you, you know, you tie sash around the waist or even just having like so having a stole wearing one like a stole so having it round your neck and hanging down in front yes quite often that's how i wear my phoenix reach um yeah. sash it's just blue material uh, i am again i've i've got i've been laughing a while so i you know i know friends who who have skills um and my friend embroidery machine yeah. so she's done like all of our sashes and things for our group so you know but my sash is a piece you know blue material with a phoenix embroidered on each end that mm. goes around my neck and then uh i i cinch mine with a belt but if you said you know drew it in with another sash as well if you wanted like a more formal look they you know they they're just brilliant 
clashes yeah. are the way to go. Yeah, I agree, and it, it kind of it breaks up the 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 silhouette of Irizen quite nicely, if you know what I mean. It it, it kind of it, it. I think like that's a, a very because when I look around the nation, actually, and and it, just you bringing that up, it does make me think that I have seen that sort of. St- Style replicated quite a lot, but then also used quite diversely as well in, in, in you know, with different color schemes and so on. And it, it the nation, it has this kind of, um, as, as you said, like a kind of a, fl- a floaty element to it, but also yeah. that kind of quite, like the, there's kind of sometimes some quite quick, clean lines in the nation as well. Um, yes. which yeah. It's, it's very, it's, as I say, it has a, a very strong visual aesthetic, I think. And I kind of I I do kind of um, enjoy looking around at everybody's kit, and it it is actually like Irizen's a beautiful nation. I yeah, think. Oh that, my gosh, so do I. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I try my best. Go by and it's just like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Um, yeah. The time people spend on their kit. I mean, I, I think, like, in my group, I'm Mr. Fancy Pants, but compared to some people, it's just their kit is just incredible you know what I mean <laughs> and, and the like the talent the layers well. yeah, yeah the great thing the layers is you just keep adding so yes. you know once you've got you know you've sort of got your characters basic colors um you've got your silhouette and then mm. you know you can have a little look around you know see what see what you like as you say and then sort of uh, you know you can put a jacket on top of the things that you've been mm. wearing for two or three games and suddenly you've got this new outfit you know yeah, I imagine as well, uh, because there are naturally quite a few layers. And I suppose the other way of thinking of it is those layers are quite long. Like you have, like it tends to be a lot more kind of robes and kind of um, uh, longer stuff. So you, I guess you have the ability to be a lot warmer in the cold weather. And then to, you you, you know, if it's hot, then you can kind of, uh, you know, yeah, take, take yeah, <laughs> exactly right. So you can kind of you know lower a few layers and then you'll still kind of have that aesthetic and it will still kind of be good for this in the summer yeah, but, but you um, never know especially with pd events you never know what the weather's going to do so you've got to pack for all eventualities yeah i mean that being said as well like i mostly wear trousers mm-hmm. um they're, they're loose ones uh yeah. but yeah i i wear sort of like trousers and uh short tunics um mm. no i i have a skirt um, that I wear with formal robes only on indoor mm. occasions because it's actually floor length. Um, yeah, we don't I wear gonna, floor length things at Anvil. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's that's another thing that always like because I see these people walking around in and and Arizona's uh, not the only nation, obviously, but in quite uh, you know floor length, full length kind of clothing. And then of course, if it's a bad weather day or you know just naturally walking around, you're like, oh man, like cleaning that afterwards must be so like I'm so overwhelmed by like your courage to kind of wear that and then go through all the cleaning and stuff that might must have to happen afterwards because some people have absolutely beautiful kit that must get incredibly dirty by the end of an event you know the anvil hemline is absolutely a thing Um, yes Yes. you know as you say as you hear hats off to those who got the commitment to (laughs) wear the full length and to clean the full length afterwards (laughs) Um, yeah yeah things you learn when you've been laughing for a while is you know your personal comfort and your personal things that you are willing to do are absolutely things that you take into consideration when you're putting your costumes together yeah i mean that was definitely something i had when i was kind of putting together like it's almost like the logistics of your own costume especially if you're going to take the battlefield right like and and so i i play like a, a physic and a archer 
and it's like having all the bandages and stuff on my on like a bandolier on my chest and and like having my quiver on my sort of hip and having the bow and not having to sort of put everything down the moment i need to actually do anything it's kind yeah. of it makes you think a bit more functionally about how your kit would operate um yeah. yeah it is one of those kind of challenges and and everybody has different degrees of what they're willing to put up with but hats off to those people who really go and uh, are willing to kind of give themselves I, I imagine some some sort of pretty big challenges actually when they're kind of navigating the field yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess um because you said earlier that you'd kind of considered some other nations before you joined have you got any particular nations would maybe be sort of in your back pocket if the worst happened or do you think you would just roll straight back into Urizen again is that uh I personally and this is personally but uh, as I am currently as you say playing quite a well-known character Mm. um I would not roll straight back into Urizen right um it's much because like I know so many people and I know characters and I would just want a clean break from Of knowing all those things um so it wouldn't work for me uh, i have a couple of things in the back pocket um like like I say i'm not in a rush yeah uh, but uh, <laughs> i've got i've got i think technically i've got two dornish concepts i wonder if i can roll them into the same character okay. uh, but yeah a couple, a couple of dornish uh liga um i think i'd like to do go to navarre one day but it would have to be at a time when because i quite fancy doing like sort of the scouting kind of role mm. I also I also definitely need to sort of play a character who's who's giving a bit back this time because I realise the thing is when you play someone who is like an authority, mm. you know, I mean, it's wonderful that people buy into it because if people don't buy into it, then you have no authority. But mm. also, you know, there's an amount of like me <laughs> giving people like, you know, giving people my money and saying, please go and get me some dinner. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, and, uh, you know, other people are looking after me at the minute um, and doing the things that I tell them to do. So I'm also looking for places where I could do something where I'm running around for other people for a bit. So I think if I went to Navarre, I'd like to do a scouty thing. Um, but afraid the next few years one of my big considerations is going to be uh who's coming to events with me because i've got i've got one young child another one on the way so okay of course yeah yeah and like uh you know they we can get babysitting some some events but uh it definitely impacts on on what you can do when you've got children with you so um you know concepts i'm coming up with at the moment are also things that are going to accommodate them um say Nicasia began before we started our our family so she's had to adapt as well yeah um <laughs> i mean yeah i mean life's a, life is a big part of all of these things and, and also it's interesting hearing you say about the idea of you know being a character kind of uh, give stuff back because i think speaking as somebody who uh, approaches if you like a, a a bigger name character like yourself it's it feels like you actually must spend from our perspective i'm I say speaking for myself and i'm sure for many other people that in that position it feels like you're constantly giving in terms of game in terms of interaction and your you know your time is often demanded on so you, you probably give a lot more than you think you do you know oh, I, I do hope so yeah i do try and spread you know spread the game around give other people responsibilities um yeah, yeah i think you, so you, you yeah i think i think like as i say like my interactions with you have been very brief but it, you've kind of steered me in directions and sent me on kind of you know thought processes and it's been valuable right and i think it's like 
and I was also aware that it's like there's somebody else behind me waiting to do exactly the same, right? So it's like it must. <laughs> I like it's. I think a lot of the time, um, you know, though positions like yours, the uh, again, they're earned positions as well. It's not like you just uh, sort of strode into the position, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And it's like so. It's once you get there, I suppose there is the sort of element of you know, all the things that kind of come with it, right? So you're having people like me walk up to you and just have very, very forgettable conversations, um, you know, is, I guess, part of it. But, like, we, we super value everything that, that you do. And and all the players like yourself, you actually take on, I think, quite a lot at times, you know? I know it's, it is nice to hear, because you say we don't, a lot of the time, we don't know what impact those conversations are having. You know, there are people that I do get, I interact with, you know, more of the time. And then, as you say, there are, those of you, there are people like yourself who bring me some messages and and we deal with it. And then I do have to go deal mm. with something else. Um, but no, thank you. It is good to know that. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if on, on that front, all I can do is just in, in assure you that, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I I I value it, right? And it's like I think as well. I think everyone kind of hopefully comes in with a fairly kind of empathetic spirit of the idea that you know if there are these kind of uh, sort of players who sort of stand out they are still you know human beings going through everything and you know they have time pressures and stuff and and i think everyone tends to be kind of of the mindset of like oh you know it's, yeah, it's yeah, just a good opportunity to interact with somebody right i mean it, in real life you don't really get to talk to you know a very important well-known well-respected general right that's not something that i get to do in my life in right? laugh it's something <laughs> i get to do right and i and like i can give you a piece of information and then you can tell me something, right? It's like that—that's cool, right? It might not necessarily to you, you know. It, I guess it's a sort of a, a, a different thing. But I think for us, it's like, yeah, you those kind of players, those characters become really important because they do represent those kind of opportunities that I think in life are just something that you, yeah, you just don't get, right? I, when am I ever going to have a, a that kind of conversation with anybody, right? <laughs> like, so yeah, it's super valuable. Um, so I guess like we've kind of spoken generally about uh, like you and I guess a lot I've, I've gushed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like if you had to describe that position to people though, um, just to give people a sense of what it actually is to kind of hold that a role like that within a nation, um, what is it that actually you do? Uh, so if you a general there are a few different things that you do um one of the big thing the first big thing that you'll do at an event is you'll go to the muster meeting which is on the friday night uh, and that is the meeting in which you hear about the battle opportunities for the weekend mm. uh you debate with the other generals um and by the end of that meeting you have to have decided which two opportunities <clears throat> you are going to take uh, so obviously that also means which other opportunities you're not going to take. Right. Um, you also then have to decide uh, the division of the fighting forces, so which mm. nations go to which battles, and you have to have elected uh, two field marshals for each day, which is why that one is the, it's a two-hour meeting or it has a two-hour block, um, you know, on the timetable. Sure. Because um, it does take, takes a little while, and there shouldn't be any other business tabled uh, at that meeting, really, it's supposed to be just for the battles. We usually slide in a couple of bits and pieces that need, need bringing up early on. But uh, 
the most part it's it's reading through those you know that's that's a great one because that's always brilliantly uh, tense depending on what your opportunities are what fronts we're fighting what the stakes are um you know are we fighting for human lives are we fighting for an advantage the next time the armies go mm -hmm. forwards you know, what are we we're we actually going to get out of them and yeah get some brilliant debates in there it's also you know especially if it's one of those events where i don't know people have gotten cursed while they've been uh, battling in the season or um you know there are various you know you've just had just had all the news from in your player pack that you know various <laughs> at risk or someone's died or you know whatever you so everyone's always you know a little bit a little bit tense on a friday night um, but we get that done uh, and then so at some point uh, depending on when you're fighting you'll also have a field marshal's briefing um mm. that it's generals don't have to attend but it's good form if you are a general who takes the battlefield uh, always have to say you do not have to take the battlefield to be a general uh, mm. that is not you know you don't have to fight that's not one of the yeah i think that is, that is important yeah uh, but it is a thing that a lot of people think a lot of people think that if you're going to be a general you have to be uh, one that you have to be a good fighter um, mm. and two that you have to take the battlefield that is not true the first year that i was elected the event of the election i was 10 weeks pregnant right so yeah, i got sure. elected, fir I got elected first I elected first and then <laughs> then said to my senators so i can't go through the gate is this going to be a problem because people already knew i was going to stand and it was like well you know stand and we'll see so and they were like no of course not you know i chose battlefield commanders um mm. you know and and it was absolutely fine um you know sometimes people don't go through because you know they've got an injury or something you yeah. know i'm just you know, i'm really really pushing for those people who are more more strategy based you know if you if you are a good strategist um, and you're thinking of the army game, you know, by absolutely go for it, you know, go for a generalship because the other thing that you do is uh, Saturday and Sunday are, are spent in formal meetings and informal meetings, baiting, hashing out plans, uh, talking to your allies, getting people on side, going out and recruiting the military units in the various nations. Um, you know, or, you know, getting your people to go and recruit them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. A lot of it has to be passed up to other people to cope with it, right? Yeah, this is it. And yeah, and then by, so Saturday tends to be lots of business. Uh, Saturday mm. will be who needs rituals casting on them. It will be sort of uh, the, toward the end of the meeting, we have our first sort of first look at the strategy for the season, um, you know, and hopefully beyond. Uh, as to where the armies might fight so of course that can also depend on the outcomes of the battles um you know that's when people bring us news from various places um mm. uh, and things like that uh, and then sunday is when you have to have made your decision the meeting is one o'clock and by the end of that meeting the generals have to have submitted their orders for their armies um, right. for what will happen in the season yeah i mean i guess the other thing is like representing your nation and I guess your nation's interests or your understanding of your nation's interests or I guess also potentially not representing your nation's interests or your like and when you're doing that how is there like a, a particular vein of Urizen that sort of enters that sort of decision making process is there anything there that sort of influences that I mean at the moment a lot of it's to do with the fact that you know as a nation we are in trouble yeah um you know, we've not got a lot of land. We can just about sustain the army as it is. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Citadel Guard is the only magical army that the Empire has. Yeah. Um, and some of our enemies have magical armies and some don't. Um, the, the big benefit with the magical army is that if the Citadel Guard is ordered into enemy territory, while it is in enemy territory, it works as a focus for rituals. Yeah. Um, so at the moment, as the serving general, uh, if the army was in, let's say, a Druze held territory, just for argument's sake, um, <laughs> and we wanted to drop... <laughs> just picked out of absolutely anyway. Yeah. <laughs> a barbarian nation at random, and we wanted yeah. to drop horrible curses on them, say, you know, for no reason, then uh, I would report to the Regio, um, and the ritual would be cast on me, and then would be delivered to the enemy territory. It's the uh, the only other way you could do that is if you were able to go through the Sentinel Gate, the mm. ritual team to a regio in enemy territory. Right. Um, otherwise, you can't do area effect magic um, of any kind in a territory that you don't own. Yeah, I think it is worth saying that obviously, uh, you know, Urizen has taken a, I mean, a, a bunch of nations have, of course, in, in different ways, but Urizen has taken quite a lot of the hits. So it's it, the, those kind of challenges. I mean, I think, am I right in saying there was a stage where we couldn't get the supplies to feed the army? Is Am I right in that? Uh, there has been a time when we weren't sure if we were going to get fed yet. Um. Yeah, it's been, you know, I mean, there's been some real challenges, I think. So because then I guess you get that interaction between the political game and the military game uh-huh. within your nation and, and expressed within you know all the different avenues that that then takes you to the 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 higher levels of the game if you like it, it it's it must be interesting from you know because you're right in the thick of it right those kind of uh, meeting points all of those different very emotive kind of cases being put forward yeah we're <laughs> trying to find some ways of getting because um like i say urizen has only ever had one army um mm. and it's the only nation to only have one army so you know for a long while i was the only person sat on the bench in military council from Urizen. Mm. Um, and you know, only certain people, mostly generals, um, can speak freely. Everyone else has to ask permission. Um, at right. the moment, the War Mage is also uh, an Urizeni, um, mm. played by Penny. You know, so that's gotten us another voice on the bench, you know, right. which is important. But yeah, you know, we are we're very mm. keen to make ourselves heard. Is uh, sorry to forgive me for my my ignorance here, but is like the amount of armies you have is that determined by uh, ownership of uh, land masses? Is that how it, it's determined, or is it a certain? Is there another way that that's done, or are they created through? Uh, you know, do you spend? Does the empire spend money to create armies? Or am I? Uh, if I'm recalling correctly, and uh, I will apologize. It's been a while since I've been on the wiki for this one. Um, but it's it's to do with land and population. Right. Um, so even if we had all four of our territories, um, Urizen has a much sparser population right, than okay. uh, many other nations. So Is that's that... why it's always been quite difficult for us to raise like just the number of people to make up a new army. When you're talking about population as well, is that referring to uh, the actual number of players attending uh, that, that are part of the nation, or is that actually linked to the, the actual population of Urizen as, yeah, as no, a fictional nation? The actual population yeah. of, your, of your nation as, okay, interesting. Um, as it exists. Because uh, actually, our fighting force on the field yeah. is 
uh, I think we were still fairly near the bottom on the rank table, but I think, you know, we were sort of third or fourth from the bottom. Yeah, there's quite a high percentage of your player base that actually takes the field, if I'm if I'm right in saying that. It certainly feels that way, right? When I see the Urizen block come out, it's it's yeah. like a lot of the familiar faces that I see around Urizen. I mean, that's maybe because those are the people that I, I interact with, but it certainly feels that way. It feels like there's a, a strong con- contingent that heads out. Yeah, we were back up to fielding about 40 through the yeah. gate. Which is a sizable amount for the, the, the size of the yeah. nation. Yeah, uh, so that that's interesting to know how the the different armies are created. And uh, yeah, I didn't know, actually didn't know that it was based off population. So that, that 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 is interesting. I guess beyond that, I wanted to kind of touch on what you enjoy about your nation the most. I mean, is it your position, or is it just like within the brief itself? Is there something within there that you particularly enjoy? Um, I will say I do love my position, but. That wasn't why I started playing yeah. Nerizen in the first place. Um, you know, I, I kind of I got there through the support of some fantastic players, uh, people it's in my own group. Of being in the nation, right, is to yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah so you know, as much as I do, I do love being a general. You know, that that is separate to my love of of playing in Nerizen. Uh, as far as the brief goes, I think the aspects of poise and arete are great. Um, arete, you know, gives you a mandate to specialize. Yeah, do you mind um, describing so, that? Like, what 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 is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Arete first. Then that is that you are going to be the best that you can be at the thing that you mm. have set your you know your, your sights on. Uh, it's about specialising, you know. Uh, but that could be specialising anything. So it can be specialising in ritual magic. It can be specialising mm. in combat or strategy. It can also be, as I said earlier, you know, specialising in art or mm. in team you know, hospitality, Yeah. Um, you know, you, you pick your niche um, and, you know, and you go for it, you go for it with, with everything, you know, and, and I just think it's great. It, it goes quite well. You know, I did choose to be devoted to pride as well. So mm. it has the, that, uh, it has a very kind of, um, th- there's a, I think there's a s- scene in, a, in the last samurai of all movies that's kind of popped into my head, <laughs> but there's a scene where they're like, um, they're sort of talking about this idea of pursuing perfection in each thing that they do. It kind of makes me think of that kind of thing, right? That kind of idea of, yeah, as you say, giving your chosen sort of specialization 100% and, and really trying. Uh, yeah, I think it's, a, and, and the whole art thing is a very interesting thing as well, because I know you guys have like quite an interesting kind of art. Um, well, you, act, it's, you actually have like a thing every year, don't you? Like it's an actual art gallery kind of style thing that gets put together. Am I right in that? Uh, I think last year was the first, sorry, the last the last year of the game yes, so far. Yeah. Was, was, that was the first time we actually had that kind of like, you know, art gallery display at Anvil. Right. Um, we've also, uh, there's a player event called the Sentinels Repose run by right. uh, the group of that name. Um, and they've always had an art competition as part sure. of their of the social event as well so yeah but we just uh there were a group of players um who sort of got together and said look you know we need to celebrate this more um Mm. you know so let's have you know let's make an event of it let's uh you know let's get people to bring bring things to exhibit and they made cocktails for it as well yeah i I was Um, really struck by it it was wonderful it was such a good idea 
wasn't there a cocktail like you could have a cocktail named after you or something and and stuff like that uh, it was super I, cool quite possibly i because re- i remember i sort of I, I popped in the tent and had a look around at stuff and it, it, it felt actually then that that's why i'd assumed it was something that was happening every year because it felt actually quite uh established right it felt like something that had like a tradition to it so Very yeah well it, organized. yeah it was really and, and cool. I know they, are, they want to do it again you know yeah. so um, i really enjoyed it yeah 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 but is it and like the other great thing with Arete is you know you're not expected to be great at everything mm. you no know? and it's another way of sort of you know sharing the game out is that you know you find out well who you know who are your strategists who are your um mm. people who know how to schmooze information out of the people mm-hmm. um you know and you because there's also the net of the heavens is a big um sort of one of the philosophies of urizen one of the driving sort of forces yeah is that you know finding those people who are important for whatever reason you know and sort of helping them to develop and connecting them to other people it's i suppose it's you know it's got a lot of similarities with the navari great dance yeah yeah um, it does you know so there's that uh so that's great because as you say you pick your thing you're good at your thing um i'm i'm useless at trading i just can't get my head around it <laughs> oc let alone ic i do uh, i'm terrible so as well it's, it's very much a case of I need some things. Juliana, here's my purse. And and I have some mana crystals. Please get me some things to make my armor. Thank you very much. Uh, I think it, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's very intelligently designed, actually, because I think that they've, and, and you as the player base, and I think also through the brief, they've kind of very neatly sidestepped that pitfall that could have been within the nation, which is to turn it into something that was purely uh, like a, academic or very you know very much uh, reclusive um sort of you know not actually taking action kind of nation and i think it's actually the carrots within the sort of brief are actually uh, and this is something that i think is a theme that they've kind of built into all the different nations is to avoid some of that and sort of steer people towards you know going out interacting with people and having you know achieving ends and you know actually getting us ultimately to interact with each other and i think that's something that's actually yeah a good element of the sort of play and the design and the player base yeah, the other part of the Arizona brief is poise mm. which is the, the idea of being in control of your emotions and mm. reactions uh, which is where i think you know some of this this reputation of being cold you know sort of comes from Mm. um you know because often when we're dealing with people not of our own nation especially you know we're, we're quite reserved you mm. know we're sort of not trying to give too much away you know and and i love it i get so much role play just out of deep breaths and cold stares yeah um you know i don't like i don't feel like i have to say something in yes. return to everything that that is said to me you know i can just be like i'm, I'm taking this in I am processing this. Mm. I, I will deal with this later. Thank you very much. Um, you know, and it, I mean, there's a bit of the Mero brief getting in there as well. But like, you know, obviously Nicasia, having been there for many years, uh, a lot of her bestest friends are dead. Um, and it's like, you get the news. And it's like, I cannot deal with this right now because I have to go and fight and do other things. So deep breath. Yeah. I'll deal with this later. <laughs> off you go uh but it's great because then you know when when i do shout or you know yes. or or get emotional for whatever reason it just it just has an extra punch to it i, I would agree and i 
I think that's like I um, when I didn't really understand, you know, obviously I'd kind of given all of the different nations a very kind of glance, mm. uh, you know, a brief glance when I sort of was looking around and I'd kind of picked basically Urizen purely as a, a as like a, a an element of my backstory purely based off the fact that the territory happened to be the territory that was near where I'd chosen as my sort of home territory. So it's like, okay, yeah. but, uh, some people from Urizen. So I very briefly read read the brief. And then I attended. And of course, one of the first things I did was kind of offer my hand out as a handshake. And of course, that's not the done thing. <laughs> and then it's kind of, uh, but, yeah, so, but, it, but and I think though, over time, what's it, it's been like, you know, obviously I have more, more and more interactions. And then it was like, there was a point where um, a character who I interact with a fair bit actually kind of, you know, did shake my hand. It has, it had so much weight to it. You know what I mean? It was like, it, it was something because I, I kind of, I understood, you know, uh, and I think that's it, it is a very intelligent bit of brief design, as you say. It has like the, the silence makes the 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 kind of the the moment of emotion have more gravitas. I think it is very very interesting, and I I mean I certainly enjoy being around it. Yeah, and so the the proximity part, you know, the bit where we we do enjoy mm. our space. There is just so much role play to be had there, and you yeah. say people from other nations are mad for it as well because you know there's an element of fascination you know we get asked mm. questions about it all the time you know but those people as you say who you know who do get a handshake or a hug you know or even that are allowed to sit close to a yes. and things like that you know it can be a really big deal and the thing is as well like as you say you know people who are friends with Urizeni or who are informed because they yeah. don't take the piss you yes. know they're not like oh ha, ha. so you know like you know how how do you like how do you get in a battle line it's like well we stand next to each other because yeah. we're in a battle line um you know it's like that, that there are there are times when this is fine yeah you know and then when we've got the luxury we choose yeah um you know but the people who who know what's going on you know and again there's that reciprocal respect then because you know they know they wouldn't try to shake our hands they wouldn't try to you know shoulder bump or sit next sit you know right on top of us on a bench or something like that yeah um, and then they get respect back from people of Arizona because because of that it's been yeah I I really have enjoyed like my journey as an outsider sort of you know what I mean like because I'm quite a sort of shy person and uh, so like it's it's you know I'm not necessarily going out and having all of the sort of major conversations with everybody but I'm, I'm you know I'm, I've been it's something that's been a fairly consistent thing I always sort of try and dedicate a reasonable amount of time to spending time in Arizona and it's so slowly over time I've made friends there and it's like the the reward actually and like the the game as you say that can be found through like building up to those moments and it, it, it it's it's special it's like it's a special part of the game because I like it within my kind of group like I I am the person who goes to Urizen and sort of seeks out that kind of uh, part of the play and I, w- I guess I, I would encourage people to kind of you know really go and sort of like interact with the nation because I think it's such an interesting brief and the players are really interesting it mustn't always necessarily be easy I think you do that very well there's no fear that, that the identity of the nation will be lost you know what I mean it feels very very potent and and it's something that i've kind of i really respect on the on the field it's something that i, I am actually really it's literally one of the things i'm most excited about is getting back and kind of popping back into urizen again um yeah, yeah the, the sights and sounds of urizen i think are like a real draw for me um it's kind of it's it's been one of those things that as time's kind of gone on 
I've kind of thought about, you know, where Talos as a character goes. And it sort of is one of those things where I like, I, I, uh, I'm not at that stage yet, but I think like people in my sort of group have sort of questioned, oh, you know, are you going to switch nation and stuff like that? And it's kind of like, I, I like that being like the, the, the fact there is that sort of possibility yeah. and the fact that that's something that like, as someone who's kind of moved that way, it's part of the game that I found very rewarding, you know, to, to be that player who can kind of enter into uh, the nation, have those conversations. Yeah, I, I really value everything that kind of goes into that and the way you guys execute the brief. I think it's very strong, very strong yeah. indeed, actually. I mean, the great thing about Irizin is that I just such a wonderful group of players. You know, like yeah. I've met so many brilliant people through playing in Irizin and so many of those players are interested in building each other up mm. and in making a game for each other like you know people aren't afraid of of conflict you know mm. it's not like we're all like we're all best buds mm. there's plenty of arguments going on no, there are and <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen many of them actually I, and i think that's the thing yeah. there's actually um there is a lot of emotion in urizen right and i think mm. like you know when you see it it's it's powerful and like I've seen, you know, because obviously you have events that take you to skirmishes, for example, that take you to crazy places like the Black Plateau and yeah. stuff. And then Thank people come back with, yeah, I mean, and people come back with <laughs> like crazy curses, and and then people have to interact with them and help them through those yeah. things. I mean, I've seen some really powerful stuff in Urizen, right? Um, I, and I think this, obviously, that sort of through line. I think every. Uh, nation is certainly you know it's going to have you know wonderful players in it but like i guess for me personally i've had an opportunity to interact with urizen a fair bit and kind of observe the player base and it is like the, the people are lovely like really yeah, really, really lovely group of players and so um generous with their time uh, it's something yeah. like as i say like i i mean I'm, I'm kind of gushing a lot here but like it's true like as a as somebody from sort of outside, I've really valued it actually. So yeah, uh, thank you to everyone from Resin for like having <laughs> me kind of waddle in and kind of like interact with you in whatever way that I have. It's been it's been quite special. If I, I think we'll kind of round it out there, but is there anything that you wanted to kind of really let anybody know about or kind of anywhere that maybe I didn't take the conversation where you wanted to kind of touch on? Uh, no, I think we've hit on most things i just yeah i say i would encourage people you know come and take a look there are so many different things you can do with playing in Arizon. uh we've also got you know obviously yes you know they are a group of wonderfully generous players as you say so the Arizon facebook page is a great place to come mm. um and ask questions um people you know if people are coming in ones or twos uh, they'll often start sort of canvassing for possible groups and connections uh, within, you know, within the Facebook group. Obviously, there's no actual like role play, but, you know, it's a good place to ask, you know, well, if mm. I'm going to be a summer ritualist, you know, are there any big summer covens that I should go and speak to? Or, you know, asking about martial spires and things like that, uh, asking about costume, showing mm -hmm. us pictures of your costume in progress and getting a bit of yeah. feedback. You know, uh, people are always happy to help out with things like that in there. Uh, so do come and say hi. Um, we haven't mentioned the Sword Scholars, which I feel do deserve to get a mention. Yes, actually, that is very true. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> so like the the build up, uh, the sort of, how would you say, it? not really classes, but um, so there's three different sort of main flavours, if you like, of, of Urizen Settlement. So the mm. Spires are the, sort of the most well-known. Um, and I think, although I have a feeling that maybe Ankarian was the exception, 
I think most of us came in as spires to start with. Um, and then, you know, we got to grips with it a bit um, uh, and read the wiki a bit more. Um, and then there are citadels and citadels are your your more military oriented mm. um, uh, groups. So Phoenix Reach changed our status from a spire to a citadel in game because we were like, well, this fits what we're doing and who we are. So we'll go with that. Um, so now there's a few citadels as well. And now there's also you can play in a temple. And the oh, temples right, are the sword scholar groups. Uh, so yeah, they've got a different outlook on um, on how things should be going and how things should be run. It's taken the game uh, up quite a lot, hasn't it? Because I mean, me as an outsider, I read like all this stuff about how stuff has to be passed with like a greater majority and all these kind of things. I and mean, bear in mind, I, I'm talking as someone who really doesn't <laughs> understand a lot of this kind of stuff, but it sounds like pretty significant, right? Like. Yeah, so it was, again, one of those very player-led changes. Um, gosh, this is going back years, and I haven't got the best memory sometimes anyway, sure. and obviously having not played for, for yeah, a Yeah, I mean, year, caveats abound, everybody. It's, it's We're all, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it started off as it was a plot point. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, the, the temples, there were, there were, I think it was sort of like Suleiman's uh, texts, uh, were what started it and there was like mm. members of a temple came and spoke about Suleiman, came and spoke about the sword scholars within Urizen. Um the the people that they spoke to yeah, we had you know obviously then some people like agreed with them some people said well no we need to stop this before it becomes a serious problem yeah um and then because of player action and player decisions around it they then became playable mm. we now have player characters um you know, who are representing temples and representing that philosophy. And as we know, as you say, have had quite an impact um, on the Synod already. So, yeah. I think you know. it's 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 exciting, right? That like, mm. it, it shows the scope of the game, I think. I mean, it, it, I'm sure there's maybe other examples of this that I'm, again, not aware of, but as someone who kind of like dances on the periphery of the of the nation, it's sort of, it is it is a striking thing, like that there's, the, as you said, like a player-led thing that has happened that has brought about a, a a group that you know you can play as a sword scholar. I think that's very exciting, right? Like an, as an idea that's something that we as players can enact. Um, yeah. I think it's yeah, it's exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I say to anyone out there who's thinking about it, you know, come to the Facebook group or you know, come as your current character and have a little look around. Come mm. say hi. Find someone to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Claire, thank you so much. Um, I know we had a couple of technical issues that people <laughs> won't have witnessed before this, but um, you're very patient. And um, again, just thank you to everybody from the nation as well, uh, and especially to yourself. Um, I've had a great time with all my interactions there as and I strongly encourage those out there uh, who are maybe considering a nation or who are as outsiders interested in maybe kind of you know, doing your, your classic tour to, to yeah you know really pop in and, and give her a zen a look it's i think it's a, a a special one that i've certainly had a lot of fun exploring uh and it's it's been really good kind of hearing more details and more information from yourself um I, we normally close these things out claire with like a, a statement that me and dave have which is a very kind of navari thing of you know strength to the empire strength to the fire is there a similar such uh parting thing you guys have in Urizen, or or is there a, a parting phrase that you would like to say to 
any of our listeners out there? I mean, the thing that I always say before I send anyone off through the gate um, is is simply make me proud. I think that's a really good sentiment. Empire players out there, whatever it is you're up to. Yeah. It's proud. Make us proud. I'd like to speak with Friar Samuel again. He must be out on his rounds. Look over there! Why are they all carrying pitchforks? <laughs>